Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, directed by Peter Hewitt and starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. This is part two in our little series. Mm-hmm. We did the first one last week and now we're doing the second one. Yep. So uh, before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I took uh, one of your recommendations. It was Troll Hunter. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. That's a fantastic movie. Isn't it good? Yeah. Wow. Really, really awesome. It's on Shudder right now and if you got Shudder, please check it out. Okay. It used to be on Netflix. Mm. I don't know if it still is. It probably like got probably switched over out. to Shudder. Right. But uh, yeah, what is it's Norwegian, right? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good one. It's yeah. a found footage, really weird kind of troll sci-fi Cloverfield type thing. And the trolls in it are are really excellently, you know, constructed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, some of the perspectives on this thing, like when you see the guy run exactly. out there, I mean, like he's just... The perspective's just, the good thing. Wow, it's great. When you get up close and personal on it, the CGI can look a little bad, Yeah, but uh, it's pretty good. Yep. And I like, too, just the conceit that there's trolls in Norway. Isn't that cool? And you there's, know? like, a troll hunting unit. Yeah. Like, people that go around to, like, cover it up. Yep. It's pretty good. And they have, like, real politicians in the movie. Like, you know, at the <laughs> end, like, the press conference where, like, the president's getting sweated down. I was like, uh-huh. hey, that's awesome. Uh-huh. You know? And I love the visual of the giant troll in the distance. Yes. That's awesome. In the snow. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really good. Wow, cool. Glad mm-hmm. you watched that. Yep. I went back a ways. Mm. I watched something... From the silent era. Okay. From Sweden, uh, The Phantom Carriage from 1921. Oh. Uh, Victor uh, Herstrom. Okay. Uh, this movie is said to be what inspired uh, Ingmar Bergman to make films. Okay. Uh, have you heard of this movie? I've never heard of it. Uh, Criterion has a release of it. Um, it's about uh, the last person who dies on New Year's Eve is cursed to drive the Grim Reaper's carriage for the next year. Mm. So what happens is this guy dies and it's kind of like a a Christmas Carol type thing. He sees like how he wound up this way and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And uh, this woman who helped him when he was down and out and he just kind of like, like pushed her aside. Like, don't, don't do this. Okay. She like sews up all his clothes cause he's a bum. Yeah. And then when he sees that she's done that, he rips it all apart again and stuff. Um, and the main character is played by Victor uh, Hairstrom too. Okay. It, it's pretty good, but like it's got great special effects for back then. It's the ghostly images. Mm-hmm. I guess it's done by this double exposure yes. or something. But it looks phenomenal. It looks great. Right. There's great like early examples of cross cutting in it. Like this is all behind the scenes kind of film stuff, right? You know, which is cool. But it's actually a really interesting story. It's a great movie. One, well, I guess, we, and what, like we've talked about before about how like silent movies from Europe and Asia were were just like they, they what they were doing was just so far advanced of what Hollywood was doing, mm-hmm. so that you can watch them now and they they feel modern. Yeah, it. This is a phenomenal movie. Anyone who's interested in this early film stuff, watch The Phantom Carriage. Mm. This is a great film. Right. Okay, so let's talk about another great film. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to say it's great, I don't yeah, know. It's no knows? Phantom Carriage, maybe, but uh, <laughs> no Ingmar Bergman. Right. But uh, it's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Dave. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay, well, so this Bergman-influenced sequel <laughs> to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It literally is <laughs> yes. influenced by Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> There's that, some stuff you know in it. That's why I brought up the Phantom of Carriage, course. because of the Grim Reaper in of this course. movie. Of course, it's there. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a sequel to the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And it talks about is it shows us that future that was promised, um, in the, you know, the 27th century San right. Dimas about how the world is now, um, you know, like kind of Bill and Ted it's philosophy centric. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's excellent to each other and they party on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get, uh, an invasion by some faction, uh, mm-hmm. led by this dude uh, mm-hmm. who used to be like a follower of Bill and Ted, but now he's turncoated. Right. And um, he wants to go back in time and eliminate Bill and Ted from modern modern world so that uh, so that the world does not become Bill and Ted uh, yeah. centric. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the main. Yeah, the, that's the thrust. And, and I will give it this. It is not a copy of the original. I think that's one of the strongest things it has going yes. for it. It's not a time travel movie at no, all. Really not. It's about the afterlife. Yep. Spirituality. I, I somewhat, I yes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I mean, it, there's ghosts, I guess. I saw a question mark materialize in the air in like yeah, a puff of smoke. It came as you out said of my that. mouth. Yes. Um, <laughs> question mark? <laughs> but no, it's Bill and Ted get murdered. And they go to heaven and hell and 
to Home Depot, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, and Pam Greer is here. I love it. And Pam it's, Greer. And, and she's like a, just such a welcome <laughs> presence. Um, yeah, and we'll get to her. So this movie, we've learned at the end of the first movie that Bill and Ted... If they don't become a band, then this whole future society is destroyed. Yeah. Like the whole world and world peace is like relying on their band. Right. To make this great music that unifies everything. This utopia we've always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this movie is about Chuck Denomalos, the like defector, yeah. uh-huh. uh, trying to stop the moment when this sparks. Yeah. Like he's trying to stop the battle of the bands that gets broadcasted to the world and creates this moment. Yes. Like, uh, that's what he's trying to stop, and the movie leads up to that. So he sends evil robot Bill and Ted's back to kill the real Bill and Ted. <laughs> and like Dave said, the movie opens up, and we see the future. It's it's like 20, 2681, 89 uh-huh. San Dimas or yeah. something. And the, the world is really white, shiny, pristine, but everyone's wearing like this 1990s neon, but yeah. it's foam. Like, it's gigantic foam, like, hats and clothing and shoes. It's, like, made of... It's, like, styrofoam or gack or something. Like, it's just this weird poly something. Yeah. Yeah. The the colors are very 90s, like you said. But but the actual, like, patterns and the... um, the, the material makes it look like Super Mario World or, yeah. you know, it, it's 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 definitely, this is a, um, it doesn't look like what a future that you usually see. I, I like it, though. I, I give too. it points for that because right. this isn't... You, you don't see this no. in futurism at all. Not at all. No one would wear shoes bigger than their torso. <laughs> I mean, why? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. But maybe there's some kind of weird technology they have, and that's what you do now. It could be a necessity in 2700. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I mean, they got their assimilator nestle furbulators or whatever yes. George Carlin makes up. That's right. I think he came up with that line. He had to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. But I, George Carlin has a lot more screen time in this. Uh-huh. Uh, just at the beginning, though, this whole beginning sequence is like five to ten minutes long, I yeah. guess. And he's teaching a class of high school students at Bill and Ted University or whatever <laughs> it's called. <laughs> and he comes in with the phone booth. Like we said, it's not a time travel movie, but time travel is in it. Yeah. And he comes in with the phone booth, and he's he's got this week's like presenters, and it's like who is it? Like Ben Franklin. It was um. It no, was no, no, Bach. No, no. No, it's Bach, yeah. Yes. Because next week is Ben Franklin yes. and Aretha Franklin. Yes, exactly. Okay. Which is a great joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I love too so that it's James Martin of Faith No More. Yes, yeah, James Martin from Faith No More. Who is you in all the group. know is the founder of the Faith No More Spiritual and Theological Center. <laughs> That's a George Carlin joke. That is a George Carlin joke. Uh, I'll I'll give you that one. That probably is right from his book. Yes. It's really funny. <laughs> but like, okay, so Sir James Martin comes out and he says, "Station." Yep. How does he know about Station? I don't. I don't, I don't know. get it. I don't, maybe they briefed him. Maybe he's been to this timeline. Oh yeah, maybe before. he's already been there. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's maybe if time travel, if or if the world has gotten to this place, maybe the whole past has already been told, or only the cool people. I don't know. I guess only, only James the Martin. Cool, only the cool people, man. Like Faith No More yes. members. Um, exactly. And he actually has one of my favorite lines in the movie when Denomalos is giving this speech later, like how this is the new history and you should study this. Bill and Ted will be destroyed. He, he looks at him and he shakes his head and goes, what a shithead. <laughs> it's yeah. like this dude from this like 80s and 90s rock band knows the score. Of course. He's like, this guy sucks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what we've built society upon. Right. Not this guy from Dark City. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, he's from Dark City. <laughs> so after uh, this, um, he, the, the evil robots go back, and Rufus throws <laughs> like another flying V guitar yes. at the phone booth, and like gets pulled into the time circuits. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we don't see him again. He disappears for in in a in a weird way, and and yeah. it's kind of like it's explained at the end what happened to him, uh-huh. but we just don't see him again for another hour. Yeah. And when we get back to the to the to our present timeline, I guess it's supposed to be 1989 again. Uh, Bill and Ted are uh, trying to get on the bill at the Battle of the Bands. Yep. They're trying to convince Pam Greer to let them in. Yeah. And Miss Wardrow, I Ms. think, is her character. Yes, Miss Wardrow. And she eventually relents and says, okay, you guys can go last. Yeah. Because you work for pretzels and cheese, uh-huh. I'll let you go last. <laughs> After just telling them they're terrible and they suck, uh-huh. 
and they can't even play. But okay, I'll let you go last after everyone leaves. Is okay, but no one's leaving. No, it's the it's at the, the final act before the results are even given. I mean, you're basically telling <laughs> Wild Stallions you're headlining the Battle of the Bands. Exactly. It's it's kind okay, of. Okay, I'm letting you up. go last. That's where you want to go. Exactly. That Ev- means- Led Zeppelin never opened a no, show. Come no, on. dude. Come on, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they're be- they're being treated like Queen right now, and, and they haven't done a thing. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yes. Have you ever been to a concert, Cam Greer? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so there's that. And then we, we find out so that So that's they, the stakes. Yes, that's the stakes. Okay. They have to win the battle of the bands. And we know that like <laughs> civilization depends on them winning. And then we, we cut to kind of just everyday life for Bill and Ted. They, they are having a birthday party for the babes. Yeah, this is great. Who have been recast, unfortunately. I know. I wish they didn't. Yes. But- it's fine because Diane Franklin was in the was the original Joanna, um, mm-hmm. uh, she, and she was she had been in Better Off Dead. She played Monique. Yeah. I was glad, I was not happy to see her go. Yeah, they I just, was never pleased with the recast. Exactly, that, like, that's ah, no good. Oh well, but uh, we see that like some other stuff it's, has it's happened. It's their uh, it's their five hundred and twenty first birthday. That's party, right, which is a good gag. It's, like the card, cool. the card says five hundred twenty first, and it's actually like printed. Like they went to Walgreens, oh yeah, and bought a card for your 521st birthday. They really did it up. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 really care about the babes and they're, and they're that what they want to do is like woo them into to like being able to propose to them. Mm-hmm. And there's other developments that are going on around the party where we we catch up with like Bill and Ted's dad. Yeah, uh, both of their dads. Both of their are dads. There. Uh, and and Colonel Oates is there. Yeah, from Oates Military Academy. Yeah, we heard about him in the first movie, but uh, mm-hmm. you see him in this one. Yes, played by Chelsea Ross. Okay. Who was also in Mad Men, mm-hmm. um, and he was in Major League. He played the the pitcher who put KY on the ball. Oh, yeah, that, that I didn't dude. know that. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked like Hugo Weaving a little bit. <laughs> you thought he looked okay? Yeah, like a punch, just like a, a little. It's a t- little too soon for Hugo Weaving. I, I, I guess I, I he would have been too young. Yeah, Hugo would have been. And I've always thought actually Chelsea Ross looked like Christopher McDonald's dad. A oh, little bit. that's hilarious. He's kind of uh, you know. Like a big headed dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. That's yeah. funny you brought up Christopher McDonald. I watched Happy Gilmore last night. Oh, actually. nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, but so what has happened here is uh, they they say Bill, your dad looks bad, and he's over there like eating cake, like sulking in a corner. He's like, I can't believe Missy divorced your dad and married mine. <laughs> <laughs> Missy has now divorced Bill's dad and married Ted's dad. And she comes over and, and just lays this kiss on oh, Ted's dad. And, oh. and it's she walks past <laughs> Colonel Oates and says, hi, Oatsy. And oh. he goes, hi. Oh, God. Oh, you know something's gone down Jeez. between them. Oh, man, Missy, come on. <laughs> and this is what I was talking about in the last episode. Missy's character becomes so much more in this movie. She's very prominent here. And it's so funny, yeah. too. She's. Missy might be the best character. She's, she's having, so she, good. She's having a great time. She's and just, you know, moving through these dudes. My favorite thing is at the <laughs> seance, she wants to contact Ty Cobb, <laughs> the most racist asshole ever, and a baseball star from 100 years ago. Like, what? Why would Missy I, want to talk to Ty Cobb? I have no idea. Because everybody else at the seance is, like, talking about, like, these Charlemagne. Fi- Charlemagne. Yeah. yeah, they want to talk to, like, these great Clark figures. Clark Gable. Clark Gable. Yeah, which is weird. Uh, but uh, it's almost as weird as Ty Cobb. But yeah. she says as an afterthought, and I would like to contact Ty Cobb. Yeah. And she's leading the seance. That's so funny. <laughs> And one more thing about the seance. The two guys in there. Uh-huh. I thought the one guy was Leland Orser. <laughs> oh, really? But okay. it's not him. It's actually, I think it's Ed Solomon, the, one of the writers. Oh, okay. And, and the other dude mm-hmm. there who wants Clark Gable, yeah. he's the other writer. Oh. They're, so they were the Ziggy Piggy guys in the okay. first movie, and now they're the seance guys. Nice. They're credited as ugly seance member and <laughs> stupid seance member. <laughs> Sweet. It's pretty good. I love that. Oh man! Um, so they 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 do like propose to yeah. the princesses, and yeah. um, and they they get it they get a yes, and we go back now they, they they go home and then Bill and Ted go to their back to their apartment. They have an apartment now. Yeah, yeah. They 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 just live together in in this like kind of like dude place mm-hmm. with twin beds in one yep. room. It's pretty awesome, and that's when um, evil evil robot Bill and Ted show up. Yeah, they land at the Circle K. They try to hit the cat, which yep. is a recurring joke throughout the movie. They're always trying to run over cats and yes. shit. Uh, and then they give him a call. Right as the babes leave, 
we call them the babes because that's what they say in the yeah, movie. It's, it's kind of a derogatory way to talk about course, the women. Of course. But that, that's how they refer to them in the movie. Yes. So that's why we're saying it's that. It's just the character names. That's their characters' names, basically. Uh-huh. But, uh... So they just left, and they get a phone call, like, right away, like, from the babes. And <laughs> they even acknowledge it and say, how did you call us so fast? That's not important. This is what's important. And so it's the evil robots saying they're quitting the band. Yeah. Uh, pretending to be the babes. They're breaking Bill and Ted's hearts. And it's probably, it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. It's, you, you hear uh, Princess Joanna say the following. Okay. <laughs> we think you're losers. <laughs> and we, and we're going to the desert to be alone. <laughs> Why would you go to the desert? <laughs> And, and we, we find out in a matter of minutes that it's the evil Bill and Ted's plan to get them out in the desert to kill them. Right. You know? so, but, like, why would they go to the desert to be alone? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, later in the movie, uh. when they actually, when when the evil Bill and Ted are breaking the girls' hearts. Yeah. The girls go to Missy and hang out there. Yeah. They, they, they don't go to the desert. No, they, they do. They do a logical thing. Right. <laughs> they go to the... Right. <laughs> Oh, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> so then we get the whole s- sequence where they, they meet each other again. It's like in the first movie in the Circle K when they meet each other, you know, uh-huh. and they have to figure out if they can trust each other. Yeah. And, and they kind of spin it on its head in this. They do the same kind of gag, like how many fingers am I holding up or whatever. Yes. But uh, Ted has the same logic. Like, how do we know we can trust them? Uh, all right. Well, let's 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 ask him the question. Let's or whatever. test them. Let's test them. And they pass the test. But this time it's. It's not because it, they are them. It's because they're programmed to be them, you right. know? So, like, I, I like how they they still think it's them, mm-hmm. but it's not. Right. Uh, it's twisted just a little bit, this mm-hmm. scene. It, even though it is kind of copying the first one. Yeah. We, we mentioned this movie isn't a clone of the first movie, which it is not. Right. But they do borrow some of the same gags. Yeah, and, and w- which happens a lot with sequels, even even yeah. like original sequels. Yeah. They, they, they will, like, like just, you know, have some of that stuff from the first one that you liked, and then they... they kind of spin it a little differently mm-hmm. yeah. um, and in this one they, they do borrow that gag and when Bill and Ted the real Bill and Ted decide to follow ro- evil Bill and Ted uh-huh. um, I don't know if it was a budget thing or what but they are not even trying on some of these body doubles um, uh, yeah at one point like <laughs> like the the it's not quite as bad as like Star Trek the original series. Uh-huh. Um which you see in this. Which you do. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're watching it. They're fighting the Gorn. Um but like the Ted's double, I mean, like he full on his face is in focus on camera. I I never noticed. Oh really. man. Yeah. And and the guy looks he has the same of course he's got a Keanu Reeves wig on and he's wearing the same clothes mm-hmm. and he's the exact same height and build but it's definitely not Keanu okay. Reeves yeah and um it just it's a little too obvious and I think that they should have worked a little harder to get that right you know what Happy Gilmore the Bob Barker double mm. looked pretty good okay good yeah. all right bring that up again nice okay um <laughs> so, so they go to the desert and one of the lines I love is uh <laughs> they're driving into the desert and the evil Bill and Ted's are keep telling the other ones to shut the hell up. Shut your hole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like Bill says, God, that other me is a real dick. <laughs> I have to be more considerate towards myself. <laughs> and you get an appreciation yeah. for Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. in this sequence because like they are. They're actually scared. Yeah. Here. And, and and like if you've seen interviews with these two guys, they are nothing like Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. I mean, like and, and that's that's kind of a. Uh, a cliched thing to say about any actors that they're nothing like their character. But in this case, I mean like Alex Winter is truly like a thoughtful guy. He I, is. I mean, you know, I mean, he's he, what he does like documentary films yeah, now and yeah. like, directs them. Right. And everybody knows what Keanu does. Keanu now. became I mean, a huge movie star and, it, and he's also he's become very, Keanu. Now. Yeah, like, exactly. He is. Yes. He's a trope of himself right now. And he's, when you see him in, in it, I mean, he, he's, he's also done, he did like documentaries about, about uh, the, like digital versus uh, nitrate film, yeah, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. He, mm-hmm. He's really involved in the film community, and mm-hmm. to to see these guys doing this and then playing like evil versions of those same dudes, yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. I mean, that, these are really good actors doing good performances. Mm-hmm. It's great, and a lot of that's that always gets overlooked in films like this. You yes. know, it's just the silly kind of kids adventure movie kind right. of thing. Uh, but the acting is amazing from everyone again in this movie. I know. You know. Uh, so yeah. Um, so now they go to the desert and they trick them and say, ha, the babes aren't here. Bill punches the robot bill and it does like a big clank. Yeah. Like, cling. 
and they're like, oh, dude, you're metal. <laughs> and he goes, yes. yeah, I know. Check it out. And uh-huh. he opens his torso and you see his skeleton. It's like this neon clear plastic. With It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then they, they all four of them, the two evil ones and the two real ones, are like, oh, man, excellent. And they all start playing air guitar because of how cool it is that he's a robot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and you didn't just make this discovery and are now concerned about it. Right. You, you want to play air guitar because it's an awesome thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which is so funny when you think about it because you wouldn't do that. No, But these guys not. are just so, like I said on the last, they're like ignorant to everything. Yes. They're just like, oh, my God, that's excellent <laughs> you're metal dude uh-huh because they, they only know one meaning of the word metal apparently yeah. so it's, it's yeah right, yeah uh, yeah so and they get killed they, they get killed here they get full-on murder just thrown yep. off the side of this of this big rock you know yep. and it's a shocking moment when you see it for the first time it is it's like wow they killed our our two protagonists right in 20 minutes yep not before being called the F bomb. Oh yeah, um, mm. which which we have to do, like you know we didn't talk about it in the first episode, which is fine because there was only one instance of it. It's in this movie a couple times. Yes, I counted it's the three. sequel. You got to double it up. Compare co- when I counting the credit sequence. There's three times oh. where they use this gag. It's in the theme song. Yes, to the movie. Yes, in the end credits, they're playing that theme song, and you hear them yell the word. When I was watching the movie, the first one the other day, uh-huh. I was thinking. They could edit that out. They could take that out, and it would still play. Of course. This one, it's a little harder because it's when they kill him. But they could cut it out. Yeah. They could do it. Yeah. They should go back and do that. Do it, please. <laughs> they should do a, a Spielberg with E.T. thing yeah. oh. and just come back with a, you know... Uh, don't do the E.T. thing. Okay. Oh. No, I know. Yeah. Anyway, just leave it, whatever. That, that, that's the, that's, that's what why I bring it up because it's like, it's, it's really tough. I mean, do you go back and sort of change history? I mean, is that is that what you do? do you get in a phone booth and I, go do it? I, I I guess it would be a prudent thing to do, but would it be right? I don't know. I don't know exactly. Oh, are you gonna uh, censor Mark Twain now? Yes, that whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. Anyway, they get killed yeah. after being called a name, uh-huh. and uh, the evil robots hawk loogies on them, and that's pretty gross. <laughs> and they steal a Porsche, which is cool. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then the camera goes down the cliff towards Bill and Ted's bodies, and they wake up. Uh, but they're all grayed out now. They're ghosts. Yes. Their corpses are laying there. And Bill and Ted are now ghosts. And William Sadler shows up as the Grim Reaper. Yes. Who is is an awesome character. Uh-huh. I, I love it. Okay. The take on the Grim Reaper I like. Okay. But you don't like it? I like the first half of it. That's what I was going to say. Okay. He yes. becomes a cartoon. Yes. Uh, yeah. He becomes a, a bastard child at the end of the movie. Yes. Like he, it sucks. His the first, end of the movie sucks. Yeah, it does. His his initial on-screen appearance looks like the seventh seal. When he's playing the Grim Reaper, yes. as the Grim Reaper, right. as you should, before he becomes a cartoon, uh-huh. uh, he's great. And it's it's actually kind of like, it's it's scary a little bit when you first see him. Before he's, you know, even before he starts talking, you're like, oh, wow, you know, look what they're doing here. Yeah, and it, even the first half of the Grim Reaper... He, there is still, like, silliness there a little bit. Like, when they tell him his shoes are untied, he's yes. like, oh. And he leans down to tie him. <laughs> uh-huh, like, right, right. That is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like him at the mall or at the hardware store saying, like, hey, I helped push the shopping cart. Oh, you know? Man, it gets real annoying real <laughs> fast. I kind of like it, but it's pretty bad. It just unravels so it, quickly. I mean, It's like, because it changes instantly. Yeah. Once they beat him at the, the games. Yeah. That's my favorite part with the Grim Reaper, the games. Yeah, of I, course. That's actually really good. And then once they beat him, he becomes this cartoonish buffoon. Yes. Who sucks. Right. He, he like, is stripped of his powers for some reason, even though he's still reaping souls other than yeah, Bill like, and Ted. I, I, I have a whole bunch of bullet points on that. Like, what the? Yeah, please. So, let's, so let's, let's do it. All right. So, <clears throat> number one, he, he says, you, you can challenge me to a contest, and if you lose, you'll stay in the afterlife forever. Wouldn't you just stay in the afterlife forever if you don't challenge him? Like what? <laughs> yeah. So why would why doesn't everyone challenge him? <laughs> the, yes, uh, agreed. Why uh, isn't he? Uh, why? How does he have time to get the souls if he's busy playing Twister all day long? I, I don't know. And, yeah. Okay. People are dying at every second. And yes. if you beat him, he becomes your servant. I guess. <laughs> Like he once he joins the he be, he joins the mortal world to start a rock band a solo career uh huh 
Who is reaping the souls? No. It becomes the opposite of children of men. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, yeah, all right. that's what the world is now. <laughs> Everyone just lives forever. That's you know? true. All right, yeah. Which maybe contributes to like Bill and Ted's utopia. I don't know. I guess so. But overpopulation would certainly become a concern. Is that why they go to Mars? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I don't know. But yeah, yeah that... It's kind of ridiculous. Right. I love the Grim Reaper, and I also hate him mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. I hate the character. Right. I hate his change, I guess. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense. I guess it's the way it's done. It could be done differently. He can still be become a part of the band right. without being this cartoon, right. I guess. I don't know. Um, but he, anyway, that's yeah. my Grim Reaper rant. That, that's fine, okay. dude. I, I, it, as, much as, I, as much as I like the uh, um, challenge sequence... I also don't really care for them giving him the Melvin to begin with. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of dumb. Like the Grim Reaper is 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 an otherworldly being who is like yeah. not going to be f- falling for anybody's tricks usually, right, especially yeah. not a Melvin. Uh huh. Um, but I, I guess they have to like let Bill and Ted's ghosts get away somehow so they can get back to the babes, mm-hmm. which they do, and yeah. uh, and they go back to the apartment and the babes are there being um like don't treated they... badly. Before this, yeah, uh, yeah, they go back to. Their own apartment, right? Yeah. I was thinking of you were going to the seance, but no. Oh, right. Yeah, and the, the evil robots are there trying to, I guess, have sex with them, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, which they know that the babes are most chaste, which we find out. <laughs> I, that's a great line. Yes. Our girlfriends are most chaste. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ted goes, yeah, at least they're not dating our dads. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great joke. It is. <laughs> And you see, like, uh, like Evil Bill says to the princesses, "Come over here and put out." Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's kind of chilling. I love the line. He, <laughs> she goes, "What's gotten into you?" He goes, "Well, we used to be pussweeds, but now we're metal. So come over and put out." Oh crap! <laughs> we used to be pussweeds, but now we're metal because they literally yes. are metal, though. That's, yes. that's the hilarious. I guess thing. that is thing. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, and and the babes leave in a huff, you know, uh, like they throw the rings on the ground. Exactly. Bill and Ted ghosts are watching it play out and yep. the babes walk through the ghosts. Yep. Uh, which is kind of good. And I guess that's it how it look bad. It I doesn't. Know. Yeah. I mean, that's how Bill and Ted discover that they like are ghosts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they go to the police station to get Ted's dad's help. Which which this let, let's talk about it. This might be the best scene in the movie. <laughs> It's really good. You're talking about Hal Landon Jr.'s performance? I'm talking about Hal Landon Jr.'s performance. Yeah. Yeah. He um, is, like, they, they, they realize that they need help from the cops, and the only way to, like, get the cops' attention would be to, like, like warg their way into the body mm-hmm. of, of one of the cops. They pick Ted's dad. Yeah. So Keanu Reeves goes into Hal Landon Jr., <laughs> and Hal Landon starts this performance uh-huh. in which he is, like, aping Keanu Reeves and it is so uncanny that mm-hmm. we can't even mm-hmm. really explain how good it is. It it is a he's doing Keanu Reeves doing Ted. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it is so perfectly spot on. His hand movements, his yep. arm movements, his body language. Yeah, his voice, <laughs> his intonations. Uh huh. He is spot on as Ted, which he's, is so perfect. He's got it down. I mean, like I, he must have rehearsed for weeks. He, he to stands get this up right. and goes, "Okay." Dudes, I mean, <laughs> fellow police officers. It's perfectly yep. Ted. <laughs> it is. It's so so good. It's really perfect. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then it's not working. He looks over at the ghost bill and is like, "I don't think it's working, dude." Uh-huh. In front of this room full of police officers <laughs> who only see Captain Logan acting really weird. Yes, you know. Yes. <laughs> and then Bill jumps into the other cop to help right which i can't remember his character's name is sergeant something sergeant something but but it's the same guy from total recall who, yep. who gets patched in it is oh man yep i can't the remember doctor. the actor right oh well but yeah he he does a really good bill too it's okay. not as good as the ted it's, yeah it, it definitely pales in comparison to the captain logan's ted performance yeah but, but yeah. it's still pretty good yeah. he's like i believe you dude yes. and then <laughs> and then ted just is like well ted's dad is like Yes, dude. And they high five like, all right, we've done it. Uh-huh. Like, no, but they haven't. They haven't accomplished a thing. They haven't accomplished a thing. And they see donuts. And they eat donuts. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Captain Logan says, man, I was getting really hungry being dead. 
And then you just think about what these cops in this room are watching. Yeah. Like our captain, who is the most stern person in existence, is acting like this idiot. Right. What just happened here? Something snapped. But but they don't follow up on it. I know, you know, and it, and that's that that bothers me a little bit because it's like it's almost like this whole sequence, as good as it is, didn't even need to be here because there's no consequences. It from really it. didn't. It doesn't do anything. I no. think it just sets up that they're ghosts more. I, I guess, know. yeah. I, I, I mean, in a comedy movie, you want comedy, so you don't need stuff that drives the story. True. Really, as long as it's funny enough. Yes. And I think this accomplishes that. Oh, absolutely. I, you get a lot of laughs out of this. Right. One. The, this one serves for just a comedy uh, sequence for no other reason. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then, uh, and the joke before that is like, you think we can do this? Yeah, it worked in The Exorcist 1 and 3. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they acknowledge that two is a piece of shit. Yeah, I love you know, it. That's great. <laughs> so then they go to the seance. Uh-huh. And the seance begins. And uh, we've already established who everybody is trying to, like, channel. Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. She wants Ty Cobb to come to the, to the house. And, uh, like, Bill and Ted decide to, like, um, make them make their presence, make their ghost presence known at the seance to these uh-huh. people who are trying to contact ghosts. Yep. And uh, Missy and the people at the seance mistake them for like, you know, evil spirits. Yeah, because they come and they say, Bill and Ted have been killed. You mm-hmm. must save the babes. Yes. And then they're like, oh shit, these are evil spirits. We got to get rid of them. Right. And then they start a chant and they send them down to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. And when they're in hell, um, like they, they meet with Satan uh and uh <laughs> i love it i love the depiction of hell in this movie i like it okay yeah yeah i i no okay i i don't i like the depiction of the personal hells i like that too but okay i kind of like the visuals of the hell oh they're, right. they're on the floating rocks with the yes. chains it yes. makes no sense right but i mean right it's hell okay so. yeah that's and I, the yeah. devil's just standing there looking at <laughs> rocks i guess yeah it, but. it's it's and it's a good makeup job, whoever's in this devil suit, though. No, that is really good. Yeah. And talk about scale. I yeah. mean, he looks huge. The, the devil looks as big as those trolls, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and they he he sends them to uh, like the, this this like ch- this chamber. Well, the first they try to like like put them through this assembly line. Bill and Ted get away. They find themselves in this chamber, and then they they discover that what they are what they're about to encounter is their own personal hell. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to choose a door to go into yeah. and see it. And before this, they're like trying to climb up this like metal structure. And I love when I forget who says it. Bill says, you know, if I die, you can have my mega death collection. Yeah. And Ted says, but dude, you're already dead. And he goes, oh, well, I guess it's yours then. <laughs> I, I love that joke okay. because it makes it's perfectly logically sound that. Well, okay, I am dead, so it is yours. And there it's you all go. and it's all done while they're just climbing this wall. Yeah, like it, it doesn't. It, you're right. I, I I I like your thoughts on comedy, but how it doesn't even need to be there, but it's just cool that it is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's fun. <laughs> uh, so then they have to choose a door, and they choose the door with Colonel Oates in there, yeah. and he makes him do infinity push-ups. Oh, uh, I, I, I've written down all my favorite lines of the film. Yes. Okay, here you and, go. And so uh, after, after the Princess Joanna about going to the desert alone, I also love uh, Chelsea Ross's Colonel Oates uh, dialogue here. <laughs> um, I like when, when, when Bill is trying to say, yes, sir, but he keeps saying, dude. Yes, that's good. That's yes, really dude, fun. Yes, sir, dude, dude, sir, dude, uh, uh, and he just can't get it out. And when he says, give me infinity push-ups... <laughs> When the guys get down on their faces to do the push-ups, like Chelsea Ross just starts ranting and raving uh-huh. and calling them soft. And he says, uh, he calls them, you bunch of silky boys. Yes. Which I, I just, man, I love, that's great. I love that. And then what he says right after that is great, too. Yes. Silk comes from the butts of Chinese worms. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love it, dude. Oh I wrote that one down, yes, too. I yes. love that line. Oh, wow. And, and he's just delivering this. <laughs> While walking around the guys doing push-ups, uh-huh. and, it, and it goes on for about a good thirty seconds, he says uh-huh. all this stuff to them. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty good. It's good, and they get up, run away. I, I don't know how this works. You just can not do your hell if you don't want to. I, I don't know. That's what I can't figure yeah. out either. The, yeah. the, it's pretty easily escapable. I mean, they just run to a different room, uh-huh. and they call Colonel Oates of. <laughs> Oh, the FHU. No, they we're... call the devil. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, they they yell. Keanu Reeves yells it at him. Mm-hmm. Because they, then they split up. Uh huh. Ted goes into an Easter memory of him yeah. stealing candy from Deacon, yeah, his younger Deacon's brother. Easter basket. And then this cartoonish 
scary looking bunny comes like yeah. an energizer bunny mixed with chucky yeah like, it's gross yeah it's uh, gross looking i don't like it's it. this animatronic thing yeah and it, it's got this like bugs bunny kind of voice and it's like you stole deacon's easter basket yep and uh i guess he chases ted around and then <laughs> and, and bill goes into a memory of him as a kid with his grandma giving him a big kiss yeah um and the grandma's played by alex winter yes which is awesome did you catch the grandma's name uh, no, Granny S. Preston Esquire? Yes. yes. <laughs> it's Granny S. Preston Esquire. <laughs> it's great. And it's kind of nightmarish, too, because, like, at one point, they get the... Like, Granny is coming in for a kiss. Uh-huh. And it, it's just, it like... It is kind of scary. It is gross. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the makeup job is is of just this... Uh, it's not an whiskers. old lady. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's this desiccated corpse, almost. Mm-hmm. And the, the teeth are all rotting and yellow, and, like, the... Alex Winter's doing a pretty good job of like you know making the the lips just like really uh-huh. unappealing and bulbous mm-hmm. and oh. they're all cracked. Yes, and, oh. it's gross. <laughs> it's good. Yes, and then uh, they escape these hells too because they can just turn around, and walk out. You just run away. Yeah, just which, say, oh, which this I... is kind of scary. I'm out of here. Uh huh. Yeah. And then they they realize that the only way they can get out of hell is by challenging the Grim Reaper to a game of Battleship. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they've We've they... got to fight the Reaper yes, or whatever. Yes, which yeah. th- that is not in any religious text that I know of, of like that you have this opportunity to challenge the Reaper or whatever. Um, or that the Reaper's even... Well, the Reaper's not in hell. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's 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 in another place with it just... It, you, you die and, and, the, and the Reaper takes you to the afterlife, rather, whether it's hell or heaven. So uh, the, now we get the challenge the Reaper sequence. Yeah. When they, you, you alluded to not really liking this part. Is, it, is that... I, Fair I d- to say, yeah, I, I I don't really like how it drags on. Um, I, okay, I, I wish that they they played one game of Battleship and then and then the Reaper says, "Okay, you got me." Okay, well that's the joke though. He keeps he's a poor sport. He keeps losing. Yeah, that's the joke. Well, but eventually, <laughs> like I, I, I yes, <laughs> they don't need to play the electronic football. I guess I don't know. I'm glad. The only thing I'm, about the electronic football that I'm glad about is I I love any on-screen depiction of electronic football. Yeah, because it's always terrible. It is, I, and, and <laughs> nobody my, likes that no, game. No, no. My brother and I inherited a game of electronic football from my uncles, uh-huh. and um, we just one of, the, one of the most disappointing moments of life was turning that thing on and seeing those little figures just twirl around and do nothing. Yep. Um, <laughs> so they they play Battleship. They cut. <laughs> like they challenge the Reaper and then it cuts to this like dark dungeon where the Reaper lives, I guess. Yes. And it's a giant table and it's all gothic and oh, yeah. spooky and Grim Reaper esque. Yes. And then you see them playing Battleship, which is the the big reveal, the yes. joke. Oh uh-huh. my god, they're playing Battleship. Right. Uh they're not playing chess like no. you would expect. Or, exactly. Yeah. Uh and then they win and the Grim Reaper says, You have sank my battleship, uh, you know, Hasbro. And Yep. Um <laughs> Then the Grim Reaper says, no, you got to play me again. And uh, they're like, no, that's bullshit. We beat you. And he's like, best two out of three. And uh, then that cuts them playing Clue. And he reveals that (laughs) it's one of my favorite things. He says, I believe it was Colonel Mustard in the study with the candlestick. Mm. And then Bill and Ted pull out the cards and they say, you're wrong. It was Professor Plum. And Grim Reaper says, I said Plum. Tried to cheat. (laughs) Just like Napoleon in part one. And they respond, no way you said mustard. (laughs) It's one of my favorite exchanges in the movie. My personal favorite exchange of that, of the clue game, is when William Sadler has his back turned. He's going over his cards. (laughs) He's mulling it over. And he's sort of rehearsing what he's going to say. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. (laughs) And then then he says, you got to play me again. And then they play electronic football, and it shows like a two-second clip, and Sadler like flips the game over because yes. it sucks. Yes. And then I think Bill says best of seven, and he says damn right. <laughs> and they cut the twister, and you get a good Grim Reaper foot in Alex Winter's face, yep. which is funny. That's a fun gag. And then uh, <laughs> uh, William Sadler has to go to like the green corner, and he ends up falling. Yep. And, and then he's he's sub- he succumbs to Bill and Ted, and says, "Fine, I'll take you back." Sure. And now he becomes a terrible cartoon character <laughs> and sucks. Uh-huh. So he, he's like a babysitter or something. It's yeah. like he's a babysitter who doesn't want to be here. I know. That's that's how his character becomes. Yeah. I have to I have to admit, like, having not seen this movie for a long time, um, when I when I watched it again for just for the show, 
I was I was really like struggling pretty pretty hard to like um, accept what they were showing me in the in the second half of this movie. Yeah, you know, I'm just like, like come on, once guys. hell kind of hits. Yes, or? yes. Once hell hits, it's like it's like God. This is this is getting. It Not does so kind of start to drag a little. Yes. Um, I realized it on this last viewing, too. Uh-huh. I'd seen this movie a hundred times, too, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you haven't seen it as much as I did. Right. But the first one, we've seen a billion times. I've seen this one almost as much as the first one. Okay. And this last time, I realized it's not as good as I remember. No. Um, I still enjoy this movie. I still like it. But the second half really is a drag. Yeah. Um, even the ending's not as good good as i remembered it being um no it's not and 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 it's kind of a set piece ending which is which is weird um yeah and it's got the same like feel of the uh of the original history report where the the crowd is reacting to what they think is like pretend yeah but is really happening and they just don't know it Uh that that that, that's kind of a cool way of i guess getting that information across Mm -hmm. but um the execution of it and just the content of it yeah and william sadler mugging through the whole thing (laughs) And and station, I will say station. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about station. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say Sadler does do a great performance. He is giving the you character. Something. Yes, kind of yes. sucks. Right, but Sadler's he's a great actor. Yeah, and he's and giving it to you. He's really doing this. Right, which he's going all in. Yep, it's good. So they go to heaven now to get station, which uh, <laughs> is an alien. <laughs> this movie's fucking crazy i know it's all over i know they go to heaven they mug people for some reason because they can't get in in their normal clothes this takes forever yeah and then and then they go taj mahal is like the gatekeeper i guess yes yes the, the blues musician yeah uh-huh. <laughs> right uh they recite every rose has a thorn and they get in that that's really that's a big stretch yeah. you know because i mean because they they, they had they had been successful in the first one with the with you know reciting the Kansas lyrics to Socrates. So so you get yeah that's true. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love that. That All was we are one. is dust in the wind. Yeah, dust, wind, dude. That's a brilliant joke. So funny. Yes, it's wonderfully constructed. Yes, and like we said, this movie copies a lot of the same jokes. It's yes. the same thing. Right. Uh, don't doesn't everyone who goes to heaven get an audience with God? Why are or, you? Or do you have to go in there and like say something witty? I don't I don't get it. Which, if you do have to say something witty, reciting poison lyrics ain't going to do the trick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That'll get you to hell. Right, exactly. That will put you right back where you came from. Because holy shit, they, they don't, you know, like, I don't know. Taj Mahal asked them, what is the meaning of life? Yeah. That is the, that is, that is the question he asks. And they, their response is, the chorus from every rose has its thorn. Which, I, that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. It, it, has, it has nothing to it do with It just means any... there's good and bad. But, but, I, I mean, like, I, I don't... well, that, that's a pretty succinct way of saying that. That yeah, I, I guess give him a metaphor for something he's not asking you about. <laughs> right? Okay, sure. Yes. There you go. You can get in. Of course. Here you go. Here's the big guy. Uh huh. And they go to God, make a joke about Uranus. Yep. And they get like a map to a station. Yep. <laughs> to station. Which, which. I <laughs> all mean, right, like, all right, all right. We have to explain station. I guess. Okay. Uh, it's it, station <laughs> is, is these two alien puppets. Um, who are regarded as the greatest scientists in the universe. Uh-huh. That would be fine. Um, except that they are the only non-humanoid creatures we see in heaven. I know. Exactly. You know, it's... I was going to say, there's nothing else in heaven. Right. There's Ben Franklin, Gandhi, some Einstein. Boxers. <laughs> yeah, some boxers. I think Sonny Liston is there. A yeah, farmer. he's just walking around. <laughs> and then two stations. Yep. Where are the other stations? I don't know. Where are the other yeah. gobbledygook aliens? Right. I, I don't know. Like there, there's no other. There's no other alien life form. Where's in the Greedos? Where's right. the Jabba's? That's Come right. Come on. You don't see any. Where's of them. the Wolfman? Yeah. <laughs> Where's <laughs> Hammerhead? Come on. Potababa's not there. Where's Sabalba? Right. Right. No one. All we see is Station, and and Station also has the annoying habit of like some movie characters from around this time that would uh their only dialogue is their own name it's and like they group. use it for everything yeah, yes yes <laughs> vin diesel plays station by the way <laughs> he plays big station oh, God. <laughs> oh and vin diesel is station that's that's good that's funny. yes <laughs> so they get station after uh the, a game of charades that einstein wins smoking the bandit three smoky is the bandit uh-huh william sadler Makes a stupid joke. Butch and Sundance, the early years, 
which has nothing to do with any of the clues that station was given. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh-huh. But it was just to make the Grim Reaper look like a, a dumb child. Yeah, again. I know. Yet again. Right. Uh, so they go back to Earth now? They with do. Station. Yeah, they do. Uh, their plan is to build good robot uses, which I love how that that's what they're called. Like, <laughs> when they figure that out, they're like, all right, what we're good people uses, and we got to fight bad robot uses. Uh-huh. What should we do? Make good robot uses. Just saying the word uses it's, is, it's, is funny. Yeah, it is. I like, I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go back, they go to Home Depot or whatever it's called, Builder's Emporium. Builder's Emporium. And they go shopping. William Sadler does get another good joke here. There's a guy smoking a cigarette and he says, see you soon. Uh-huh. Which yes. I like. Yes, that is. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is smoking in a Home Depot or whatever. They're just, you he's know. in the lumber section I mean, probably. Uh, and he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> even in 1991, you couldn't do that. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so they buy supplies. They are going to build robots now. <laughs> Which they did, <laughs> but before they can get the robots built, station has to station up. Which is the two aliens, <laughs> like stand about these two Mac and me's. Yes, exactly. They they stand twenty feet apart. They charge at each other, and they they morph into this pile of goop that looks like the blob. Yes, and then the goop like rises and becomes like twelve feet tall. Uh huh. And it's one station. Yeah, it's a big station now. Which, why is it named Station? I, I still don't know, mm-hmm. but why 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 did it need to be, like, one big alien? I don't know he that either. It looks like Edward Rooney. <laughs> you know, honestly, remember what happens to Jeffrey Jones like throughout the course of Howard the and Duck? And Howard the Duck, that's how what he's he looks like. like. Yeah, yes. he's deteriorating. That, yep. That's kind of what that, Station looks it. like. Station yes. looks like Jeffrey Jones at the end of Howard the Duck. Yes. <laughs> And, and when oh it's disgusting it is really gross and he has an excellently huge martian butt yes yes they, is they, he from mars I, that that that's my understanding okay is that this is what a martian looks like it looks like station um i, I who knows that sucks yes it does um and station builds the robots on the way to the battle of the bands yeah and battle station is playing in the in the car yep. while they're doing yep. the whole montage is uh-huh. good right okay and Primus is playing at the Battle of the Bands. Primus is like opening this Battle of the Bands. Opening and the Wild, Wild Stallions. Stallions what a joke. I mean, you see Les Claypool in the movie. You he's know, killing it. I know. And he's just slapping that bass, I'm man. not a huge fan of Primus, but they are talented, man. They they're, are musicians. Yes, these are they real are musicians. Good. Right. They're, they're not Wild Stallions. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's a big production at the show. They, they save the babes. Yeah. So they go there. They, the good robot uses are controlled by a, an Atari joystick, I guess, uh-huh. that Bill and Ted can play yep. and control the robots. So they show up, and on the stage during their set, this is the set. This is their show, everybody. This is their time to play music. <laughs> and they do this huge, it's like a huge play Yeah. happening on stage in front of everyone. So the evil robots are out there. And then Bill and Ted show up with the good robots, and they they say, "Oh no, there's good robots. I guess we're done." And they just get their heads punched off. There's n- no struggle at all. They just give up. Say, so "Looks like we met our match." Evil Ted and Evil Bill are vanquished quite very easily. Yes, yes. They even put their chins up so that they can get hit by good robot uses. <laughs> I love the explanation. Yes, a good robot uses with one, I guess, turn of the joystick. They, they they defeat these robots who have been like doing everything they can to like ruin ruin history. Mm-hmm. It's just gone. They, 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 their heads get punched off, and that's that. Yeah, it um, sucks. And you, you think that that could be the end of it, but uh, the guy who invented the robots, Denomalos, oh, yeah. um, Denomalos, um, he. <laughs> shows up in a phone booth yep. and uh and and then you get a lot of the same like the 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 kind of uh the time logic stuff yes, yes. yes. uh well i'll set up a, a cage no well i'll set up a gun and a key and mm-hmm. all this stuff and then it shows up i guess the logic is only the winners will be able to set stuff up yes so since bill and ted know they're gonna win they set up the fake stuff that Denomalos wanted to set up. They're always one step I, ahead I, of them. I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. his revolver just has a, a flag and it says gun, Wild Stanley's yeah, rules. Yeah, it's another Bugs Bunny gag. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
uh, yeah. Ted's dad comes and arrests him then. Yes. For some reason. He's <laughs> Ted's, Captain Logan does his first, like, um, effective police work in, in this sequence. I guess. Yeah. And then uh, now they got to play their music. <clears throat> right. They go through time to learn how to play music and come back. Uh, and they have kids. They had a honeymoon. Like, like Bill looks like Billy Gibbons. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, just, I don't he know. Does. Yeah, he, he looks. Yeah, exactly. He's got a long ZZ top beard. Yep. And um, I don't know what Ted is supposed to be. I thought I used to know. Okay. But I don't know. It's like a almost a weird Chris Cornell, but like it has like these pointy devil mustache and yeah, beard thing. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd. It is. He's wearing a catcher's like, like <laughs> yes, I almost said a mitt, got, but like the, the, you got a the catcher's vest. vest? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and their kids are in backpacks on their back, uh-huh. like and Ted's son is named Bill. Bill's oh, son course. is named Ted. Right. And um, what they're doing is they're introducing everyone to the crowd. Yeah. Like oh, and and what happened? Chuck Denomalos came and he turned all the cameras on to be viewed worldwide. Oh yes. With his yes. magic wand thing uh-huh. from the 27th century. So I'm sure it. Sure. You know. There you go. Uh, magic. <laughs> There's time travel. All yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so the whole world is watching this. This is where the world unifies. If they play this song, the world will unify. Yep. And uh, so they're introducing their kids. They're introducing their band. This is Station. This is a Station. This is a robot. This is a robot. This is the Grim Reaper. Let him do a rap real quick. And then uh, these are the drummers. This is how long is this taking? It's taking forever. You're Your right, set is I know. ten minutes. I know exactly. Times up. This is Battle of the Bands. You get in and you get out. <laughs> Right, you haven't even played a song yet, and your time's up. Oh. <laughs> and William Sadler's Grim Reaper rap. I mean, it is it is pathetic. <laughs> it is it it's, is such it's shit. Dumb. It's it's like I remember like <laughs> in in the in in the late eighties and early nineties when like there'd be some some terrible PSA on television uh-huh. with like someone oh, yeah. someone doing a rap or to what make they, it cool to make it cool for the kids yeah that's what this is and it's in a Bill and Ted's movie yeah that sucks man <laughs> that truly sucks I don't have as much of a problem with it as you do okay but it is pretty stupid oh it's kind of dumb man yeah it's the weakest shit I've ever seen it is it's pretty weak yeah and then he's like I love show business. <sighs> All right, yeah. And he's got this weird... Yeah. He, he decided to do this, like, Carpathian accent throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... And he does a pretty good job. I just wish they'd give him better dialogue to, you know... Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah poor William Sadler. God. And this is... They introduce everyone right after Pam Greer comes out and starts to take her clothes off. And someone in the audience yells, Take it off, baby! Yes! <laughs> She just, That's not really called for, but okay. No, it's not. <laughs> and instead of naked Pam Greer, it's fully clothed George Carlin. He's wearing a Pam Greer suit. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> and the head falls on the floor. It's like total recall. The head yes. is like really plastic and fake looking. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. That's how long the set is. Oh, I know, dude. It just goes on. This is a Fortnite set at a Battle of the Bands, man. It sucks. <laughs> yes. So he he explains everything. Uh, yeah, and that that was my old teacher, uh, Chuck Denomalos, who, by the way, sit-up champion of the 27th century. That's a George Carlin joke right there, yeah, too. That's a, that's yeah. a George Carlin add-on, certainly. Yep. Yes. Uh, but yeah, then they play their song. They play uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You by Kiss. And, and that's the Wild Stallion song that unifies the galaxy. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I love that song. Do you? Yeah, I okay. like that song All a right. lot. All right. <laughs> do you not like the song? No, or? I don't. Okay. I, I, I just have never liked it. I've tried so hard to like. I really like you know, that, that song. That song. I, I just, I can't get into I it. I think it's also because it was in this movie. Uh-huh. And when I was younger, I just loved the movie. Okay. So it's probably partly why I actually like that song. Uh-huh. Because I liked the movie. Okay. When I was a kid. The, the, the thing that I, I, I didn't like about it originally was when, at the end, when Paul Stanley is just talking, like, he's almost like giving a spoken word. Oh, piece yeah, of it yeah. turns into Henry Rollins for a second. Yes. And at the end of it, he, he you know, hits a high note and goes, you know. Rock and roll. Exactly. Rock and roll. It's like, <laughs> all right, Paul, I get it. You know, it's. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it starts out with, like, like, a guitar solo crazy mashup from Steve Vai. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing stuff yes if you don't know steve Vai out there he's one of the greatest guitarists in existence people and he plays the craziest fastest 
most absurdly difficult guitar stuff you've ever heard in your life. Go oh, look yeah. him up if you haven't heard Steve Vai. Right. But uh, <laughs> so he's doing all the extra guitar work in this, all the little air guitar riffs and mm-hmm. stuff. So he does this like add-on intro to Kiss's "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." Yes, and then kind of like an overlay of guitar rocking out over the Kiss song, right? Which I guess makes the Kiss song better. <laughs> I know it does. You're right. You're right. That, that, that's fair. Um. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. Then they give a high five, and it shows a bunch of headlines from newspapers and magazines about how wild stallions have you know uh, helped crops increase and. Uh, like, uh, everyone's employed now, and I don't know. Yeah. And then That's you, kind of funny, I guess. I like it. Yeah, I, I yeah. like it, too. Uh, and then they go to Mars. Mm. That's the last newspaper headline. Right. They're going to play Mars Station, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, right. I guess, are are the other stations there? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah. they're going to play, okay. Hmm. All right. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Not as good as the first one. No, I know. This, this, <laughs> this, this, the, the podcast has taken a weird turn. Like, like it was about a half an hour ago, I just was like, oh, no. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm finding myself, you know. Halfway through the podcast, we got really down on this. Yep. Because halfway through the movie, it starts to suck. It's It, it flows exactly like it's supposed to. Yeah. I know. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that is really unfortunate. Yeah. Because I, I'd love to see another Bill and Ted movie, um, as long as it's better than this one, certainly. They've been in talks forever. I know. And I, they keep saying, well, we've got something. Yep. Um, uh, well, now we've got something. Eh, eh, maybe. I don't know. For they the keep last, doing that. For the last year, I've heard um, that, they, that there's a script. It's done. And, yeah. And that Alex and Keanu are attached, and, and they're down for it. It's like, well, okay, then, then, then let's then do something. Then do it. Get it done. If you, you keep know? talking about it, just do it. Right. And I'm tired of all these reboots and shit, though. Like, I know. Can't you just let Bill and Ted be? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we don't need a third Bill and Ted. What are they? We're going to see a fifty-year-old Ted? I I, I, I mean I don't know. Maybe if they're like if if it's like a deadly serious drama or something. I may I don't know. Like Last Flag Flying. It's like yes. <laughs> no, but like I've heard that neither of them wanted to do anything unless it was something different. Mm-hmm. And if they can do something like like the way this movie is to the first movie, yeah, almost completely different. Right. And still in the same spirit, then fine, I guess. But do we need that? I don't know. No, probably not. Just do John Wick 3 or something. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I which guess, he is. Yeah, Ooh. which which is going to happen, of course. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, you know, one other thing I liked is the, the, the like air guitar in the movie like switches between like being like diegetic and non-diegetic. Yes, like, it does. It's pretty insane. I know. Like. When they're in the valley in the desert, like playing it, it's like echoing through the cliffs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And then like Ted's dad does it, and it's like this funky like, uh-huh. like not a cool guy guitar, you know? <laughs> right. It's they they up the air guitar in this movie uh-huh. from the first one. Yeah, that's right. Ted, it's pretty good. Ted's dad plays like a Pat Metheny riff. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's still good. I know it still sounds really cool, uh-huh. but it's just definitely not metal. You know, it's not a rocking guitar riff. No. no. Anyway, uh, anything else? Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I <laughs> a couple times throughout the movie, Bill says uses the word non heinous, yeah, to describe something bad that's happening. Yeah, which doesn't does, make any sense. But doesn't he say heinous when it's bad and non heinous when it's good? I don't know. He, no, he actually does. He he actually uses the both words for something bad. Really? So when something's heinous, <laughs> it's bad, and when it's non heinous, it's also bad. <laughs> It's it's not good. Is it? I, I, yeah, okay. I, I, I he he does it and he does it like twice. I thought they worked it out so it was different. I don't it, know. It's, I, I thought the same thing. I was I was like maybe I'm maybe I'm just missing something. But no, they they do it that way. Okay, so would you recommend the movie, Dave? I can't recommend Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Okay, I, I, okay. I can't believe this happened, but it's yeah, I can't recommend it. Okay, and it's two stars. Two. Oh, okay. I'm going to three star it. All right. I I still like this movie a lot, even though it has a lot of problems to yeah. it. Yeah. But the end does drag. Yeah. I will give it three stars and a recommend. It's a light three. All right. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in Apple Podcast, rate it, review it. Most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. If you don't listen to us in iTunes or wherever the heck that is, get us somewhere good. You know, go to any other podcatcher. <laughs> right. yes. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. Our email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And we also have a phone number, 304-804-DUDE. 
call in and give us your answer to the question of the week. Yeah, and the question of the week this week is, what is your favorite on-screen depiction of the Grim Reaper? There you go. Is it William Sadler? Is I it, hope uh, it's William Sadler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Station, everybody. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, call in, give us a voicemail, 304-804-DUDE, and we'll have this on our uh, February answer show yep. coming out in March. Right. So uh, stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for next week's episode, 2004's The Machinist, directed by Brad Anderson and starring Christian Bale. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>